Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Hey guys, welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. Today it's Shelby and me, and it is just, we're recording this a few days before Thanksgiving, and when we sat down to... Uh, cultivate this episode. In true Laura and Shelby fashion, we made it all up right after an app call and right after some messages we got from you guys. This is all based on what we're hearing in our application calls, what we're what we're getting in our DMs. This is so relevant and and big, and we're going to dive deep into this. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those episodes everyone refers to because it's just that visceral. For, for the beginning part of the, the entrepreneurial journey. But it's going to be today's called, What If You Don't Succeed? Which is really a version of a fear of failure. And before we dive into that, I want to remind you to come to our holistic goal setting workshop. It is December 15th at 11 a.m. Shelby is hosting this. This is like your third or fourth year in a row. We expect mm-hmm. probably close to 300 people there. So register now because our Zoom only holds 300 and we're not going to upgrade. <laughs> um, yeah. Recordings will be available, but um, yeah, I the idea of 300 people on a Zoom call kind of makes my stomach go, oh, like in the best way possible. Yeah, in the best um, way. So come live. It's free. We would love to have you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Shelby had some messages this morning that we're, we're, we pulled from. I just got off an app call with someone who is joining our mentorship. But I have, I've had two calls with her. And um, we talked about what had shifted for her and what had shifted for her and her husband. It was so beautiful. But the fear of, I mean, the, the base of it and the, the real foundation of why it took her so long to commit was um, she said, what if I'm not able to reach my goals? What if I try and it doesn't happen for me? You know, like what then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like one of the biggest and scariest questions that we can sit with, right? Because, you know, Laura and I could sit here and pep talk you all day long. You're right at the edge of the cliff. We put, we put your, um, 
your parachute on and then like we slingshot you off the edge. But then like, what if, what if it doesn't work? What if life happens in a really unfortunately epic way and like you can't dedicate the time or like whatever the thing may be, but what happens if it doesn't work out the way that you thought? And I think that that's a really important piece to address of like, it never works out the way that we think it's going to work out ever, ever for anything. So this isn't different, right? Having having a realistic management of expectations here. Um, but I think like let's like sink into the discomfort here of what does it what if it doesn't work? What if genuinely you try your hardest and it doesn't? Then what? Yeah. Right? Like what does that mean? What does that mean about us? What does that mean about nurse coaching? What does that mean about uh who I am as a person? Like there's a lot of space to assign a lot of meaning in the answer to this question. Right. Yeah. And I feel like for some of you, your first experience with that, whatever that is, a lot of you like me and like Shelby, uh, at some point in our adult life or early adult life, we were roped into trying to sell something in a direct sales company or because a friend introduced us to something. So our first entrepreneurial experience was some crazy MLM or product or thing that we sold that didn't work out. And I don't know about you guys. My first one was I sold prepaid legal (laughs) when I was 23 (laughs) and like partying every weekend. Like I probably wasn't sober at all, even trying to run that business. And I quit my job and went all in on it. So actually this is definitely, I'm seeing some parallels here with like the way Laura (laughs) operates in the world. Um, And I was a uh, rose-colored glasses pound, you know, just the peak of Mount Stupid. Went out into the world, had a little bit of success, and then it got really hard, and I quit. And the way that I felt was so terrible. And the way that I felt was so terrible because I was emotionally completely inept at the point. I was in the throes of of addiction or getting very close to the throes of addiction. I was a very young adult, twenty one, twenty two. Um, my parents weren't super present in my life, so I felt pretty alone. And I was probably going through some version of a breakup with some boyfriend at the time. But I equated how bad I felt to my failure in this business. And when I started my nurse coaching business, there was echoes of that that came up that were so real that mm. uh, were because I never wanted to feel like that again. And my ego was just trying so hard to protect me. And I'm wondering how much of that is is echoing in our community as well. Totally. Yeah. 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 I think that this this leads us into one of my most favorite topics in the world, which is like your subconscious programming, right? So whenever you are feeling this sense of fear, it's usually because your brain, your subconscious brain is like scanning your memory from a pre for a previous experience. And yeah. This is a really prime example of that, of like, I've tried something like this before. I was really excited about, um, you know, being a business owner and having all of this freedom. And then it epically blew up or fizzled out or wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So then your brain kind of like pulls from that catalog of memories and just rushes you with all of those emotions, the, the chemicals in your brain. It's almost like you're reliving the experience completely. And then you get super freaked out about starting this nurse coaching thing 
And I like just have a lot of empathy for that because you and I have both been there. Like I have a brief skirting with an MLM in my early 20s. Um, I have actually have a lot to be grateful for for that MLM because like it gave me the bug for freedom. Like I didn't know it was a part of my awakening journey. Um, but at the end of the end of the day, it was completely out of alignment for what I actually wanted to do in the world. So um, it was a stepping stone for me. And I think because I chose to frame it like that early in the beginning of like, I have experience selling, like I have experience connecting with people. I have, I have, um, I took out all of the shit that didn't resonate and I just kept the skills that I needed and built upon those skills for my nurse coaching practice, um, which was actually really helpful in the beginning too, for me. Yeah. I th- I do that a lot on, on app calls is when people bring that up. Cause I know what they're, what they're actually saying is that really hurt and that felt really bad. And this feels kind of like that. And what if this is just like that? <clears throat> what will my husband say? What will my friends say? Like, when am I going to learn? Maybe I'm just crazy. Um, yeah. And I always say, well, I've had two failed MLMs and then a semi-successful house cleaning business. All those things were fa- are awesome skill building things we can build upon. Like we can take what resonates and leave the rest behind. And that comes with like that deep intentionality and awareness that our subconscious is going to constantly trying to keep us safe. And that everybody that we've ever seen successful has felt this at some level and chosen to interact with the fear differently, right? So, Mm -hmm. because you only have two paths forward. Either the fear keeps you from ever trying and that's your story. You're on your deathbed. You're like, well, at least I I tried once. It didn't work. I'm so glad I never tried anything else again and I stayed safe my whole life. Or it's like, well, um, it's going to be a hell of a journey. Might as well try. Might as well jump both feet in and just see what God has in store for me or the universe has in store for me. Um, mm. so there's an, an element of like choosing your own adventure here and how you perceive the risk and play with this as opposed to succumb to it and, yeah. and make it your whole story. Totally. Totally. I also think something that just popped in my brain while you were saying that was, um, your relationship kind of like with trying new things in general. Right. So I think that if you grow up in an environment with supportive parents that just encourage you to try to begin, even if you fail, even if it's messy, I'm thinking of my parents, like they, they always encouraged me to try, even if I sucked (laughs) at it, like it kind of didn't matter. The outcome didn't matter. What they, what they fostered within me was the ability to try. The, the, the courage to try, even if I was scared, even if I was unsure, even if all of these things. And so if you did not have that dynamic growing up or have a supportive person in your corner, like what an invitation for healing here yeah. to, to have a coach in your corner, to have a community in your corner, to give you another experience to kind of like weigh out and even out the scales in your brain. Um, and to like, I mean, do some inner child work too, to take it to the next level. But um, this is why we kind of beat the the horse here of that coaching can be a healing modality, that your first year of entrepreneurship is going to come with a lot of invitations to go inward. And this is, this is one of them. Yeah, totally. And I would say, I mean, <clears throat> in general, 
you know, when, when I'm hearing your story about your, your parents being supportive and I think about my parents and, um, in a lot of ways I had that too. So I'm like really grateful for that. Uh, I did not have it in middle school or high school. They had their own stuff mm-hmm. going on. So I had early childhood that, but not like in the formative years, there was just a, a sense of, uh, abandonment there in, um, yeah. So many of our clients are saying, well, I had a shitty childhood, right? Like I had an alcoholic parent or my parents separated or whatever. There's so many stories out there, origin stories. And what's interesting is as I, as I have studied successful entrepreneurs, um, more of them come from difficult childhoods than picture perfect ones. So you oh, can yeah. have a story about like our childhood being a barrier to this being successful, but in, mm-hmm. in actual data, it's like actually the more challenging your childhood is, the more, um, the bigger your hero's journey and the, the, the better the story is. Yeah. Cause our totally. origin is just our origin, but we get to play with it and make it what we want. Yeah. And yeah, the, the empowerment really lies of like, okay, you've been dealt a set of cards and now what are we going to do with them? Right. Like there is, um, a phrase I've seen floating around lately of like the post post traumatic hope, which comes on the other side of all of the healing. And that doesn't get a lot of light, right? I think that there's a lot of light being put on. This is what trauma can look like, feel like, which is all important. But then also too, like what's the payoff here? Like the post, the post traumatic hope, um, that payoff is huge. Like your reality is completely different afterwards. And um, like Cindy had mentioned on our, our previous team podcast that like everything is all made up anyways. The rules are all made up. So if you can be like healing and have an opportunity to create something that feels really good and really authentic, like we're putting all of the right um, things in the pot for something really epic to happen within like the next three years, which is like so exciting. The potential is so big. So big. Yeah. You just mentioned three years. And as you know, our community freaks out when we give time horizons for six months. <laughs> and so we are going to speak about time fluidly in a very empowering way. And if the lens that you receive this through makes you feel hopeless, then we just have a little bit more mindset work to do. But I think uh, you and I very early on knew we were in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, Shabby? Yeah. Like, yeah. There was no yeah. alternative path. Like this was it because it had to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. I agree. I re- I very distinctly remember of like, I was driving. One of my friends came to visit me when we were living in New York and I was driving her back to the airport and I had just, just quit my job. And she's also a nurse. And she was like, so this is it? This is the thing? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, this feels really exciting. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, how long are you going to try? Like, how long how long are you going to give it a go? And I was like, I really think I'm just going to give it a go for however long it takes. Like, it's either this or nothing for me. And <laughs> yeah, that, that mindset really works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, I jumped already. So they're like, well, how long are you going to, you know, try to stay alive as you're falling? And it's like, well, I mean, hopefully forever because I already jumped. <laughs> like, it's already happened. We're not contemplating it. I did it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And totally. I, I think um, that mindset's great. You know, there, there's this other thing that Peter had said to me. And he's like, you know, the cool thing about nursing is, and, and at the time he had no kids. I had kids. So this really wasn't a reality for me. Um, but he had said something along the lines of like, you can just give it a go. And then if you need a little bit of capital, you can just go pick up a travel job, and make 40 grand. Yeah. Right. And the, the reality of it was, is that my family was never going to go hungry mm-hmm. because I could go work at the sniff in town. Yep. Like I, I tried mm-hmm. to think of like the worst job that I could think of that I would have to do, but like I could physically do it and I had a license to do it. And I knew I could get that job. I could get a job within two or three weeks of something. So there was zero risk of me being homeless or hungry. Yeah. It's important to remember, and I know that some of our folks listening right now, like I, I just had an app call a couple of weeks ago with someone that was like, I can't pay my mortgage and she didn't have a job. So I was like, okay, the goal is different right now. The goal yeah. is be able to pay your bills. Then let's dream, right? Like it's so challenging to do both of those at the exact same time and get your business off the ground. So I think that if your reality is like, I'm not going hungry, I can get I can get a travel job in three days. I still have recruiters texting my phone five years later. Like the 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 reality, the game that we're playing is that there is so much opportunity, particularly with nurses. Like you yeah. can you can be out of the game. I could be out of the game bedside for five years and I could walk into the hospital down the street and be like, I can work nights. I can work mid shift in the ER. I can be a tech, like whatever, whatever you need. If we, if it ever came to that. Yeah. And, um, I remember feeling such comfort in that knowing for like the first six months in my business. And then it slowly started to shift into like a threat almost of like, dude, go do the, the scary thing, the uncomfortable thing, go do the Facebook live because you got to put all your chips on the table or you're going to have to go work mid shift in the ER again. Right. Right. Like, um, so it's, um, your biggest asset. And I also think it could be really big fuel in the tank to do uncomfortable stuff. Right. In the first few years. Yeah. Wait, I just heard this, this is off topic as we often go when we are, <laughs> doing podcasts together because this is what Shelby and I do all day long. Like it, when we are in person, we talk like this back and forth for hours yeah. about all coach yeah. stuff. And I saw this this um, video the other day and this woman, there's a study and I should find it about entrepreneurs who quit their job and went all in and entrepreneurs that had a part-time job. Ooh. And that entrepreneurs who had a part-time job made 33% more than entrepreneurs that quit their job and went all in. Really? And the, the, and what she thinks it is was not, it was just the like nervous system management. She said, because she went Mm. all in, you and I went all in. Um, but if you go all in, but you're having actual like really money, like huge money scarcity, it's just too much pressure. And we have to bu- yeah. we can't build under pressure every moment of every day in survival mode. That's yeah. what she equated it to. And so when I'm on an app call and somebody has a part-time job and they're really, really, really afraid that this isn't going to work, I often say, here, this is the first big jump. The first big jump is you deciding to go all in, joining our mentorship, which isn't cheap, I mean, just that you're already like saying to the universe, like, I'm going for this. 
right? It's huge. Mm-hmm. Just the first big step. I was like, and then the next scary thing we're going to do is when you run out of time and you have to quit your part-time job and we'll support you yeah. through that. And I don't know when that's going to be. It will happen. We'll know. We'll feel it approaching. We, this is what we do. We've helped hundreds of nurses quit their, their part-time jobs. Um, and then that'll be the next big leap. <clears throat> and I think she said something like, well, what if I quit my part-time job and then I stop getting clients? And I was like, well, that's going to happen. It happened yeah. to everybody. And then we'll manage that too. Mm-hmm. Right? It's this uh, constant management of this um, perceived huge risk that we're just not used to tolerating. But over time, it doesn't, we don't, it's not a big risk anymore because our mind immediately goes to, well, I've already created, you know, 15 paid clients. I know how to do that. I'm never going to go hungry because I, I know how to create paid clients instead of mm-hmm. I'm never going to go hungry because I can go get a job at the sniff. Yeah. That's a yeah. really fun moment, by the way, mm-hmm. where you realize that yes. you're never going to go hungry because you can sell coaching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and also too, I think that it could, it's um like in the beginning when nurse coaching feels so foreign and like the, the coaching start stuff like may come intuitively for you, but all of the other stuff is like yeah really overwhelming. Uh, there's so much to figure out right? Like there's so much to figure out on how to start your business, how to make it legal, how to get the contract going. How do I accept payment? When do I pay taxes? Like all of the shit that you kind of have to like sift through in the beginning. And then as you figure that out, your confidence and your ability to figure things out goes up, right? right? So like when you are a nurse in a hospital, you are, oh God, I feel like there's always, um, if you don't know the answer, you can find a person who has the answer, right? Somebody on your unit knows the answer to where when you're an entrepreneur, um, you become your own resource, right? If you don't know the answer, it's you. It's you who has to figure it all out. And I don't share that to be ultra intimidating, but there's this like pump up internally that happens of like every time you figure something out, every time you fix a tech thing that you didn't know how to fix, every time you go live on Facebook or Instagram, every time you host a group workshop, you're, you are building confidence with every single step. And that adds up over time so that when you go to quit your part-time job, it's not going to feel like it does today, right? You're going to have data. You're going to have circumstances that you have proven to yourself that you can figure it out. And if you ever run out, run out, I'm using air quotes of clients, you also will know the skills on how to figure that out too. You will know what to do next. and You'll have people in your corner if you join our programs that will be able to give you new ideas if you're genuinely out of them, which is highly unlikely. So I just want to say that like whenever you go through the next big leap, you will be different. The circumstances will be different and your your history will be different too. Yeah. Right. Because how you and I operate today shall be like two years ago or three years ago, 2020 schools all shut down. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. well, I guess I'll just open a school on my property. And it wasn't like a big deal. Like I just like, we'll just find a yurt and then we'll figure out how to build the yurt. And then we'll find a teacher and we'll figure out how to pay the teacher and we'll figure out how to run a school. And we'll, and we just did. And and that's the way that, that things happen now. Like things come up in life and there's a problem that needs to be solved. I'm like, well, that's easy because I, mm-hmm. I trust my ability to solve problems and I trust my ability to find answers. 
And then your brain explodes and you're like, oh, it is like they told us when we were little. We can be anything when we want when we grow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when do you? Why. It was true. <laughs> when do you think that that like shifted for you? Because I, I kind of want to drive home the point that that likely wasn't the case Take your time. whole life. Oh, no, no. Um, I mean, coaching in and of itself, it's, I mean, we're not selling tires here. Like we're, we're coaches. So the, everything that we learn about our thoughts, creating our reality, about, um, upper limits, about ourselves, like that's the transformative piece. It's the coaching part. Mm. I mean, I've had a coach for, for freaking five years, like many, many, many coaches. Um, so any perceived limits I've had on myself have been consistently questioned by somebody that I look up to over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. And so then my own self-concept just shifted to that of what was being reflected back to me from my coach, which is like, of course you can open a school. Of course you can have a $2 million company. Of course you can buy a farm. It's whatever the fuck you want, Laura, excuse my F. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you want, you want to speak on, of course you can speak on stage. You want to write a book? Of course you can write a book. And so I think it's just from being coached for so long, I is what Mm -hmm. I think. Um, people will say it's because you had success and then that built confidence. I think that that is helpful. It's a helpful feedback loop, but the beginning of that feedback loop started with being coached. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there is something so awesome that happens whenever you say your big audacious dream out loud and then your coach just like doesn't even flinch and they're like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like with 100%, because that's the, that's the the reality and the playing field that we all exist on, right? To where like, I genuinely believe that anything that you want is possible. Genuinely. Yeah. I absolutely 100% believe it 100% of the time. I know 100%. too. I love hanging around with coaches too, because you get a bunch of us in a room, watch out watch out <laughs> yeah well yeah mess around with us long enough you'll start believing anything's possible too it's, it's <laughs> such a different way of living compared to my high school friends group you know like or just different friends groups or just coworkers. like that's just not the kind of elevated conversations that you're used to having um so your re- your, your concept of reality shifts your your relationship with reality shifts yeah yeah absolutely love our mentorship that's why i love our bubble because we all i know every time we're living it every time i leave the bubble and like talk about my dreams with like not nurse coaches and then they like sprinkle their doubt on me i'm like wow i have no tolerance for this like (laughs) what do you like i have none i have none i remember i remember i'm getting a flashback memory of um getting my pre-op blood work done before my heart surgery and I'm usually an easy stick this particular day I was not so I'm also at a pediatric hospital and peed blood draws and adult blood draws they don't like crossover I guess very well and um it's like the third nurse and she's old and I don't mean to be a judgmental asshole but she's like been a nurse for a long time and she's grumpy af that particular day and she comes in and she's like, you know, got the tourniquet on. She's doing her thing. She's like, so I hear, I hear you're a nurse coach. What's that? And I like give her the spiel of like, oh, it's holistic care. It's preventative care. I give her like my generic answer. And she goes, so what doctor do you work for? And I was like, I don't work for any doctor. I work for myself. 
And she's like, well, do you have like an office? And I was like, no, I work from home from my laptop through video chat. And um, she's like, who on earth would ever pay for that? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like I've generated about $500,000 in business since I opened my practice two years ago. So a lot of people pay for it. And um, she just like looked at me, finished drawing my blood and then just left, like just peaced out. That was the end of the conversation. And I was like, there's nothing I could have said to her in that moment that would have like gotten her to drink the Kool-Aid or be on my level or be excited about nurse coaching. Right. So I think that um, this all to be said, if you're listening to this, like contemplating these questions, you are special, you are different. Like not everybody has the capacity or that it's the right time for them to like be entertaining what your hopes and dreams are, right? Like this right. is your lighthouse. Come be a lighthouse. We got extra light bulbs. Yeah. And I'm going to give my best sage advice that I can about after you do leap and you go for it. And many of you listening to this are at this stage because mm. we yeah. talk to you every week. But uh, so you did go for it. You launched your business. You did your coming out post. You are just in the beginning. You're in the first six to eight months. And your friends and family go, hey, hey, Laura. Hey, Shelby. How's business? How's it going? And in your mind, you go, oh my God, if they knew how hard it was, like I haven't made any money this month. I hadn't, you know, like whatever you are, um, don't share that. And I, it's not to, um, you just talk, you just heard Shelby say like, uh, people are going to sprinkle their doubt all over you. You got to protect yourself and you can sprinkle, you can talk about all your doubts with your coach and in your community that understands how to work with doubt. But in out in the wild, in the real world, this is the answer I'd love you to give. <laughs> because in the wild. <laughs> in the wild, right. In the real world, out there, in nature, you have to say, my business is going so great. I've been so excited. Because you're not lying. And you are excited. Yeah. And you don't have to say, oh my gosh, it's been horrible. Nobody's buying coaching. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. I think I made a mistake. Oh my gosh, it's like whatever your flavor of doubt is that week that you're inevitably going through, uh, protect yourself with that kind of an answer. And um, and then come share it in your group or come share it in our Facebook group. But uh, you want to be careful who you let into your own fear because uh, a large percentage of the world cannot understand what you're doing. They just can't. And totally. this is husbands, wives, this is parents, this is siblings, this is friends, this is coworkers. Very well-meaning, loving people have big salt shakers of doubt that will, it'll hold you back in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I kind of want to offer here too of, can you also have realistic expectations for your practice as well, right? You really are going to get to learn to fall in love with the destination versus, and like the pursuit and the creativity rather than the destination. Because I promise you, once you hit your first 10K week or your first 100K month, you're still gonna get there and be like, fuck, what's next? You know, like the the, the destination is not actually what what you're craving. It's- Yeah. Yeah. They move and you are going to get to learn to embrace the ride. And that's the fun part. 
that's, that's the enjoyable part. That's what's going to keep you coming back. Um, and I think that for those of you who are wrestling with like, what if this doesn't work? All the things like, can we just take the pressure off? Right. The first three, five, seven years, you're in the startup phase of your business. Like genuinely you're in the startup phase of your business. Like if there was a big tech company coming out with a cool new doobly-doo, whatever, like, you know, they're not a doobly-doo, you know, they're, they're not worried. They're not worried about like making a profit in the first three years. Right. right. They, they're just, they just want to stay alive enough to keep going, to get to the next version, to get investors to, you know, like there's this whole mindset of being in the startup phase and man, it's the stretchiest part. You'll eventually like land to where you're in the more predictable phase, but that's years. It's years. Yeah. And to be clear, we don't think you're not going to be profitable in three years. This, but totally it's, uh, this is, let me give you some slippery thoughts that I know a lot of you have. Well, I know Lauren Shelby said that I, I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't make any unrealistic goals, but I'm going to be quitting my job in 90 days or I'm going to replace my income mm. in six months or yeah. I'm quitting my job in six months and I'm going to have my first 10K month. And I, because then the whole focus is like, how can you get people to pay you money? And you can't learn to start a service-based business if you're all your overwhelming thoughts or how can I get people mm-hmm. to give me money? Um, Because people give you money accidentally over time because you serve your community so deeply and so thoroughly and from such a place of love, to be honest. It's like your being in the world gets rewarded financially and we just can't focus Mm -hmm. on that. Um, I think that's the difference between our business and a lot of other businesses in the the way that we, our method especially is like, if you serve the world well and you serve to the best of your ability and you fall in love with serving the world, you are going to make a shit ton of money doing it as mm-hmm. a result. I just, we just don't yeah. know when. We don't know when. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I know that it's easy to get spooked over timelines of things, right? But this is why I find it so helpful of like, okay, can we make it an actual realistic timeline to where like, can you give this 18 months, bare minimum 18 months, full throttle? lots of effort, you're allowed to take breaks along the way. But like, can you give it 18 months of intentional time and effort and energy? Um, And you're going to have financial success during that time? 100%. I know it. Yeah, I know it. But also back rewinding a little bit, being falling in love with the pursuit, falling in love, like the feeling that you're chasing, the feeling of safety, security, predictability, that's not going to be there (laughs) in the first 18 months. It's just not. And it does come, but I, I don't know, actually, now that I'm saying that out loud, I think it actually comes with your ability to hold more of the unknown rather than actually yeah. feeling secure in right. your business. Yeah. I mean, it, Shelby, you and me, we have lots of clients on payment plans. If nothing happened in our business, we'd probably be okay for six months. Yeah. And that doesn't make me feel safe. Nope. Right. Like it's, it's not like we've created a business where if we don't, if, if the whole world fell apart, my life wouldn't shift at all for years. Like no businesses are ran that way and no mm-hmm. jobs are that way either. Um, life isn't that way. Um, so I think people always like, well, I just want, what is it? What is the word they always say? I want, um, not safety, not predictability, stability. 
Mm-hmm. And stability. I want stability. Um, no, you don't. Human beings actually don't want stability. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. It's not what we, yeah. it's what we think we want. It's, it's just, it's not actually what we want. We want to be full in our, in alignment, in our purpose. We want to be giving the best that we can in every area of our life. We want to be loving as many people in as many ways as possible. That's actually what the human condition is meant to desire. Um, and there's nothing wrong with going back on your heels and wanting safety and security, but that's not where you want to live. Right. Um, I mean, very few people. <laughs> yeah. So true. So true. Um, I remember the story that one of our mentors shared with us of, cause we were having this discussion of like, how much money do we keep in the bank? Because Laura and I both know that like, we can do a lot more cool stuff with money when it's not just sitting in a bank account. Right. So like, right. How much do we keep there? How much payroll do we have just like on standby? And then like, what do we do? with these, this other money? How do we circulate it? How do we keep it moving? How do we invest in our business? And this is a conversation we were having earlier this year. And um, our mentor, bless him, won't give me a black and white answer to save my life. Uh, but he said that this number fluxes and fluctuates over time, right? So he gave the example of when his first son was born, he's like, I had a million dollars in cash in my bank account because I was freaked out. I was scared. I was going through a transition. I didn't know if I was ever going to work or want to work another day in my life. And then my son was born and then I got used to it. And then like eight weeks later, that number changed, right? I I put that money back out into the world. I reinvested. I did all the things that I was doing before. And I think that that actually gave me a little bit of like breathing room of like, this actually isn't a problem to solve. Like it's not a spreadsheet for me, right? To where like if one of us got sick or I had another baby or I don't know, whatever, we had a pre-planned big moment in life, maybe you and I would pad the business a little bit more for for yeah. the long term to stretch it. Um, but right now when we have the ability to like expand and grow, that doesn't like we have the we have the space to to run. Yeah. What's interesting when you ask people, people are like, I just want to be financially secure. It's like, perfect. That's awesome. I do too. Uh, what number has to be in the bank for you to feel financially secure? Mm-hmm. And then everybody will say a different number. And then once you really live into that number, you realize it's all bullshit. Like there is no number because <laughs> that's your, you're assigning yeah. a feeling that you want to have about your control in the world to a number. So like Cindy said, it's all made up. Um, and I think that what Shelby and I are saying around this topic of like this fear of not being able to reach your goals, I think that what happens over time is that you realize that there is no goal that you can't reach as long as you're on the path. And then the goal is just to be on the path, like some version of the path. And that that, that path will look different at different stages. It'll be steep at some stages. It'll be flat at some stages. And some stages, thank God, it's downhill. Yeah. <laughs> but you're you're opting for a life on the path. Mm. Right? Like this is you're you're deciding to walk that path whatever that path is. Um And I mean me and you will have moments of total financial security. You were laughing at me today because I was like I'm going to buy an office this week. Um 
I need a, a she shed. I got to get out of this this room. It's just not big enough. Um, and yet, uh, a month from now, we could both be going through our own fears or or a wave of fear around some uncertainty, some financial uncertainty, or some decision that we have to make. Or, um, like, right? It's still we're still on the path, and there's still roots sticking up that we trip on sometimes. Mm, um, yep, totally deep moments with Laura and Shelby. <laughs> Feels like I feel like that's a great place to end if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. um it was I mean was a lot of wisdom bombs thrown at this, right? <laughs> like we were just we we're we we're it was a free flow conversation. Yeah. Yeah. My most favorite kind. My most favorite kind kind. Um and I know we say this all the time, team, but like just if you don't quit, you don't lose. Right. There's only two types of nurse coaches, ones that don't quit and have success and ones that quit before they have success, period. And our job here at the Successful Nurse Coaches is to keep you from quitting. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's our number number one big boogeyman. People talk about like, um, I try to use like medical terms for this, like what's the biggest comorbidity for a business that's never born? Uh, quitting before it's born, right? Like, and so yeah. our, our programs are literally designed to snuff out that, like, get rid of that comorbidity that your first year, um, to take mm-hmm. the, remove that as an option in the, in the yeah. first 12 months, which are the most tender and, and uncertain and, and healing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Well, this is, a great segue into another plug of like if you're here at this part of the episode you're 40 minutes deep and you're like okay lauren shelby i'm here i'm great i'm on the path but like i don't even know what the what the f the path is come to the goal setting workshop on the 15th and we're going to spend some time like yeah putting putting things on your path being super intentional tapping in to like the deeper layers not just simply smart goals if i'm being honest um and we're going to every year I get messages from people who say, I came to the goal setting workshop last year. I wrote down some crazy things on that piece of paper and I looked at it for the first time since March and 90% of them are true. And so it's just a really cool self-exploration so that you, then you can take this work into your coaching clients uh, as well. But Come join, come to the Facebook group and um, you can find the event page in there and register for the Zoom link and all the things. Um, But thanks for spending your morning with us. This was a fun one. Yeah. Bye guys. Bye.